Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. This is a place to get equipped to make a difference for the kingdom of God. So get ready to be empowered by this message. Well, I'm so excited for this message that I'm bringing you today. I was so excited last night that I almost preached it to myself at about 10 p.m. last night. I was like, I just think I got to, I was like, I wonder if I like send out a message if people show up to church right now, because... But a few weeks ago, I simply read you the book of Ephesians. Was, who was here for that? Remember that? This was, did you know that this was common practice back when Jesus was on the earth? They would uh, meet at the synagogue and simply read the Torah, which the Torah is the first five books of the Bible. And of course, Jesus also taught in the synagogues, didn't he? The word tells us that. So it's not like it has to be one or the other, but I'm thankful that the Holy Spirit is bringing back the simple reading of God's word into our services. And today I'm going to give you a mixture of the two. I'm going to read you Ephesians chapter 1, and then I'm going to highlight several gems within that first chapter, which are absolutely amazing. And we've been spending quite a bit of time in the book of Ephesians, and the reason is we are very similar to the Ephesians church. So that means we can glean a lot from this short little book. Did you know you can read the book of Ephesians in, what, about 15 minutes probably? So I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation, but before I start, I want you to take a moment right now and just imagine that you're sitting in the Ephesians church 2,000 years ago. Can you put yourself there? And this letter just came from the Apostle Paul, and it's going to be read aloud for the first time ever. So Ephesians chapter 1. This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. I'm writing to God's holy people in Ephesus who are faithful followers of Christ Jesus. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Christ Jesus. This is what he wanted to do, (laughs) and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace that he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. Somebody better say amen to that. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. Notice that was past tense. I'm trying not to do commentary in the middle of this. (laughs) Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. For he chose us in advance, and he makes everything work out according to his plan. God's purpose was that we Jews, who were the first to trust in Christ, would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news, that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so that we would praise and glorify him. 
Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope that he has given to those he's called, his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. And right now, he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ, who fills all things everywhere with himself. Glory to God. So the first five verses are like a rich treasure trove. But we tend to look over those introductory statements. But not today, baby. We're going to dive into just five verses today, those first five verses. So here we go. Verse 1. This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus, and I'm writing to God's holy people in Ephesus who are faithful followers of Christ Jesus. So first of all, you got to love Paul's confidence. He knew exactly what God called him to do, and he didn't hesitate to let you know. I can't tell you how many times I've heard this statement. If you have to tell people you're an apostle or a prophet or a pastor, you probably aren't one. Well, that sure sounds good, but I would like to see you tell that to the Apostle Paul. I'm sure that conversation would be entertaining for the rest of us. This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle. He's letting everybody know who he was, unashamedly. I can't tell you how many statements like this we cling to because they sound so good, yet they are dead religious statements that are contrary to the Bible. I, that's not the only one. Like, I'm not picking on anybody today, but it's just one of the many. I recommend you go ahead and ditch this one. Like, just, just throw it out. It doesn't line up. Because once you know what God has called you to do, proclaim it from the rooftops. Here's what I am. Here's who I am. Here's what God has called me to do. Don't be bashful about it. Sure, people are going to criticize you, but you might as well get used to it because persecution is guaranteed. Are there people who say they are but aren't? Are there people who say, I'm an apostle, but they're not? Yes, of course, sure. But as long as the message of Christ is being preached, rejoice. As somebody would say that I'm real fond of, the Apostle Paul, rejoice. You don't have to worry about their motive. God's going to handle that. God's going to take care of it. You don't have to worry about it. Somebody better say amen to that. It's going to set you free. Paul knew who he was, an apostle of Christ Jesus, and he proclaimed it from the rooftops. But he also knew the true identity of the Ephesians church. He called them God's holy people. And on top of that, he verified that they are faithful followers of Jesus Christ. You see, these days, people would accuse me of arrogance if I referred to my church as God's holy people. God's holy people. Yet that's who you are. So that's how I'm going to talk about you. Right now, I'm looking at a gathering of God's holy people. (laughs) Look at you guys. God's holy people. You're all saints. (laughs) you're a saint. You are faithful followers of Christ Jesus. 
I know you ain't perfect. <laughs> I didn't say you were perfect. Yet you are completely holy because of what the blood of Christ has provided for you. You have been made completely righteous through the blood of Christ. And now the righteousness is working its way from your spirit to the outside. That's what we all get to watch right now. We're watching that righteousness work its way out of your spirit to the flesh. And it's a process, isn't it? It's a journey. This, the Holy Spirit has taken you from glory to glory. And these gatherings are helping you to work out your own salvation. You work it out with fear and trembling, right? I like how it's going to take work. And you got to work it out. Work it out of where? Out of your spirit and into your flesh. So go ahead and just take a look around at God's holy people. Look around at them. You're sitting next to a saint. So, so, so take a moment right now to remind them who they are. Say, you're a saint. You're a saint. God's holy people. <laughs> I love it. There we go. Y'all, we got all of that from verse one, the introductory statement. That one that we would just normally read over to get on to the good stuff, right? Wow, the word of God is rich and it's deep and it's alive and you should pay attention to every single word that is written. Don't you love it? It's so good. So let's go on to verse two. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. God is so generous. He is so generous. He can't help himself but give to his kids. He just has to give. And he will give us everything that we will receive. There's only one condition to experience God's generosity. Only one condition. You know what it is? Huh? That's a good one. Believe. Let's just say it's believe and receive. Receive. You just simply got to receive it. There are so many good things that God wants to give you. And at the top of his list are grace and peace. He wants to give you grace and peace. And these are two words that we hear often, so we tend to brush over those too. Let's dig into them. I looked them up in the Strong's Concordance, and here's what grace means. Grace, that which leads to joy, pleasure, and delight. Grace. Grace, the merciful kindness of God. Grace, God's holy influence that turns us to Christ and then continues to strengthen and increase us in our Christian faith. Grace, grace is God's favor. Grace, we've totally got that one messed up. We think grace is a license to sin. Where did we get that? Sloppy grace, where did, where did that even come from? That's not what grace means at all. Mm. How about peace? Peace, exemption from rage and havoc of war. Peace, peace between individuals. Who needs that? Peace, safety, fearing nothing. Peace, prosperity. Peace, the tranquil state of one assured of their salvation in Christ. Peace, content in every moment. Peace. So now you can see that the Apostle Paul was saying so much more than, may God give you grace and peace. So let me show you how we would need to say this today. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you great joy, pleasure, and delight. May his merciful kindness and holy influence continue to strengthen and increase your faith. May God shower his favor on you, so much favor you don't know what to do with it. 
And beyond that, may he remove rage and havoc from your midst, leading you to peace with everyone. May you become fully aware of God's divine protection so that you fear nothing. And may you be an open display of God's abundance as you live in prosperity. And most importantly, may you continue to enjoy complete inner peace as you rest in your salvation. May you live every day fully content, no matter what is going on around you. Come on. Now you know what the Apostle Paul was prophesying over you whenever he opens a letter with, may God give you grace and peace. Every time you read those words, take the time to think about what that really means. And receive it. Receive it. Can you believe how much goodness we just pulled out of Paul's introduction? Man, this is why we need to take our time with the word, like be patient with the word. It's not about how many chapters you read or how fast you get through the Bible. It's better to sit down with your Bible and say, Holy Spirit, teach me. Is there a certain place you want me to go today? If he doesn't give you a, a certain place to go, you open it, you say, Holy Spirit, teach me. I'm going to take my time as I go through it. And if you want me to hang out in one verse, that's what I'm going to do. Because I'm going to read my word being led by the Holy Spirit. So it continues in verse 3. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Did you catch what happens when you become united with Christ? God blesses you with what? Every spiritual blessing. Notice it was past tense. God has blessed you. We're not waiting on God to bless us. He's just waiting on us to unite with Christ. And once we unite with Christ, he gives us every spiritual blessing. Can you wrap your head around that? I mean, can you even comprehend what it means to not just have some, but every spiritual blessing of God? Can you wrap your mind around that? Every Notice we're not talking about physical blessings, but spiritual blessings. Grace and peace, spiritual blessings. Wisdom and understanding, spiritual blessings. Forgiveness and freedom, spiritual blessings. And you know what? When you access these spiritual blessings, it causes physical blessings to just show up in your life. It's almost like they can't help themselves. You become a magnet for the physical blessings because you've learned to access the spiritual blessings. Yet so many of us are looking for the physical blessings. We're trying to skip over the spiritual blessing part and just get to the physical blessings. Get your focus off the physical and focus on receiving God's magnificent spiritual blessings. I want all the spiritual blessings because they're worth more than any amount of money, I can tell you that. There's no value. I mean, I take peace over a million dollars any day. I would take God's grace over a mansion on the beach any day. But the reality is you don't have to choose. It's not that physical blessings are bad. They're just inferior to spiritual blessings. Physical blessings are inferior to spiritual blessings. But when you begin to tap into the spiritual blessings that are already available to you, it won't be long before you start seeing physical blessings start to chase you down. You won't even have to ask for them. They just like show up at your door and you will already be so content that when a physical blessing shows up, you're just going to be overwhelmed by the goodness of God. You're just going to be so thankful. Wow. God, you want me to have this? But I'm already so content. Your goodness is already so overwhelming and you want to give me more? That's what it's supposed to be like when physical blessings show up in your life. 
And that was my exact conversation with God when the Holy Spirit led me to purchase a blue Jaguar convertible just a few years ago. I wasn't even looking for it. I didn't even know that I wanted it. I didn't know. But I could sense my father saying, this is for you. This is for you. And I was so uncomfortable when I first got it. So uncomfortable. I didn't think I deserved it. I didn't want people to think that I was showing off. I thought it was kind of financially irresponsible because I'm a Dave Ramsey budget kind of guy. I had the money to do it, but I was like, that money could be used for something else. I was so uncomfortable when I first got it, but I chose to receive an unexpected gift from the Lord. And it turns out, I really like it. (laughs) I really like it. Like God knows me better than I know myself. I didn't know I liked it until he gave it to me. And then I started driving it around. I was like, you know what, Lord? I really like this. I take it out on the country roads. Going, I'm, I'm like the old guy out there going 40 miles an hour, just cruising roads that I've never been down. And that's what I like about it. The, hair's, the air's blowing in my face. I mean, I just love to be outside. And you get a car like that, and all of a sudden, the Honda doesn't do it for you anymore. <laughs> like, you don't ever buy a four-cylinder car after that experience. You're like, huh, got to have some power under the hood. <laughs> But listen, if you're looking for money or possessions to bring joy and peace, you're going to drive yourself crazy just to find out that you only get a day of happiness whenever you finally get it. But if you spend your life looking to access the endless spiritual blessings that God has already provided, you're going to be so content and blessed and prosperous that you're going to drive people crazy. People get so annoyed at my life. Can you believe that? They get so annoyed at my life, but here's the truth. The physical blessings that you see in my life are a result of me pursuing the spiritual blessings that God has already given me. They just showed up. I have no explanation for you. I'm not that smart. I'm really not. I know that I'm not. The blessings that I have in my life are a result of obedience. Whatever you say to do, Lord, that's what I'm going to do. I'm telling y'all, it works. And I'm an open display for you to see. I'm not telling you some false story today. You're not waiting on God to bless you. He already has. In Christ, you have already been given every spiritual blessing straight from heaven. Straight from heaven. So tap into that. Partake and receive those precious daily gifts from heaven. I really want to get to verse five. So we got to keep going. I really want to get there. All right. Verse four. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Oh, come on. (laughs) That's incredible. God's love for us precedes creation. Even before you were created, God loved you and he chose you. What? Let me put it to you another way. Even before you had a chance to do anything for God... God loved you and he chose you. He loves you completely by choice. And he decided in advance that he was going to love you. I wonder how many more marriages would last if we would just choose to love in advance. In advance. And here's how God sees you. Holy and without fault. He needs some new glasses, huh? 
Seriously, in Christ, when God looks at you, he doesn't see even one of your faults. He can't see it. He doesn't see it. When God looks at you, he sees pure holiness. Whoa. Somebody better say, thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied. (laughs) It has washed me white. It obliterated every fault. God cannot even see my faults because the blood of Christ is so powerful. (laughs) In Christ, I am holy and without fault in God's eyes. Say that with me. In Christ, I am holy and without fault in God's eyes. Come on. Say it again. In Christ, I am holy and without fault in God's eyes. Imagine how much different you're going to live your life if you put that on your fridge and say it every day. I guarantee you, you're going to measure up to that statement whenever you see it in advance. That's how God sees me. And it just keeps going. Take a look at verse 5. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. It's what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. I mean, again, before you did anything good for God, he adopted you into his own family. Man, you didn't have to earn it first. You don't have to have a certain lineage. God decided in advance to adopt you. And get this, it's what God wanted to do. It brings him great pleasure that you are now a part of the family. Let me put it to you another way. Your simple existence in the body of Christ brings great pleasure to God. Your simple existence. Even before your salvation produces good works, God is greatly pleased to simply have you as part of his body. You don't even have to help in the kitchen first. He's greatly pleased with you before you do anything for him. As soon as you say yes to Christ, he is greatly pleased with you. It brings him great pleasure just to have you as part of his family. Look at somebody next to you and say that. It brings God great pleasure just to have you as part of his family. Seriously, it brings God great pleasure to have you as part of his family. So for those of you who are already united with Christ, this is a great time to simply reflect on how God is pleased with you. There's nothing wrong with you sitting there to reflect on how much God is pleased with you. He is. The word just told us, and we believe it. And it's not because of your good works either. (laughs) It's not because of your good behavior. It's because you decided to be a part of his family through Christ. That's why he is pleased with you. And for those of you who are questioning whether you're united with Christ or not, We're going to get that settled right now. Can we just settle that right now? Your salvation depends on three things. First, you must admit that you're a sinner. You've already messed up, and you need a straight-up miracle to get right with God. Second, you must wholeheartedly believe that God sent his son Jesus to the earth to be sacrificed for your sins. Jesus died in your place so that you don't have to. But on the third day, he rose back to life, and he's still alive today, seated next to God. In, heav- in the heavenly realms. And his life is what gives you eternal life. Amen. And third, you must confess that Jesus is Lord. And that means you put him in the driver's seat. This life is no longer about what you want to do. It's about what Jesus wants to do. So if you're ready to make Jesus the Lord of your life, go ahead and stand to your feet because the moment you do, you're going to be adopted into the family of God. Well, after a great message like that, since nobody's standing, I'm going to assume that you guys all are united with Christ.
God's holy people. (laughs) Faithful followers of Jesus Christ. God's rich and glorious inheritance. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? When God thinks about his own inheritance, he thinks of you. Not the fact that he owns all the silver and the gold. Not the fact that he created all this stuff. He's like, what my inheritance is you. And he calls us his rich and glorious inheritance, not a beat down, pitiful inheritance. Man, I hope you all are seeing yourself in a new light today. For us to be victorious in this life as God has planned for us, we have to see ourselves as he sees us. Yeah, put it on your mirrors. Because it is hard to overcome those religious ideas that have been planted into your mind over the years, that you're supposed to be pitiful, that God's upset with you, like all that stuff. But you can see in the, the scriptures just destroyed all of that. So the next time those lies come up in your mind, you get back to Ephesians 1. You're like, man, I only got to read five verses to undo this wrong thought. Seriously, that's how you do it. The word destroys all those long thoughts, all those wrong thoughts, but sometimes you got to put in the work to get rid of them. It doesn't take just one message. You got to do it every day. You got to put in the work to get, it, get, to get it taken care of. I used to be a guy who worried about everything. I was anxious about everything. I always thought that I was going to die because I, I cut my hand or something and I was going to get some infection that killed me. And like, like seriously, that's, that was a thing for me. And so I got into Philippians where it says, be anxious for nothing, but by all things through prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known unto God. And then the peace that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and mind as you live in Christ. Can you tell I've said that a few times? I said it over and over and over until I was no longer an anxious person. You have to get that tenacious with the word of God. If my life is contrary to the word, I'm going to stick to the word. I'm going to say it over and over and over until this becomes reality in my life. And I'm not giving up until I see it become reality. You all give up too soon. You give up too soon. Don't give up. The word is true. The word is true. The word is true. Stick with it until it becomes reality in your life. Amen. God is good. God's holy people. (laughs) Ah. Look at God's holy people. Perfectly holy. Woo woo. We need to see each other that way. Even in the midst of our foolishness, if I'll put it that way. Because when you see them as God's holy people, you're like, I'm going to see you how God sees you. What do you do? You draw them back into where they're supposed to be. You don't put them down. You don't get frustrated with them. You don't get aggravated. You say, oh, buddy, you're in the wrong place. Come here. Let's get back up. Let's get back up because you're God's holy people. You ain't acting like it right now. Let me help you. We need to help each other, don't we? With grace and patience and and love and never giving up on each other. Man. Lord, we thank you for your word today. We love your word. Wow, your word's so good. Lord, we ask this a lot, but I'm going to ask it again. Let your word become alive to every person in this room. That when they open the pages, it just jumps off at them. 
that it just overwhelms them so much that it makes them weep with the, the richness and the truth and the love that's contained within these pages. Lord, we recognize the authority of your word, the, the perfection of your word, that you've preserved this through the ages just like it is. And we can trust that everything in here is true and it's, and it's for us right now. Lord, we honor your word today. Holy Spirit, I ask you to lead us into all truth every time we open these pages. Jesus told us that you would do that. And so we know that you will. Remind us when we sit down to study the Bible to invite you in. Holy Spirit, come and lead me into all truth. I'm not in a hurry. I'm not trying to put a check mark on something. I'm not trying to get through the Bible in a certain amount of days. I simply want you, Holy Spirit, to lead me through this, through the word of God. And Holy Spirit, I ask you to remind every person in this room from this day forward how God sees them. How God sees, remind them that they're holy. Remind them that God cannot see their faults. He can't see them. The blood of Christ is so powerful that, that God can't even see your faults. He sees you as holy, his rich and his glorious inheritance. And he chose you in advance. You don't even have to do anything to earn his love, to earn a place in his kingdom. He chose you in advance. All you got to do is receive that sacrifice of Jesus Christ so that you can be washed clean. All you have to do is receive. Lord, help us to become good receivers. Help us to fix our receivers. Lord, we repent for ever resisting one of your precious gifts that you've given us. And I ask you to give it, just do it again. I know that it's still available. You don't ever lock the door. So we open up our hearts and we receive every spiritual blessing. Every one of them. Because, Lord, I recognize that in order for me to lead people into your blessings, I have to learn to live in your blessings first. I can't show people the way if I don't know the way. Lord, use me as an open display of your goodness. When people see my life, when they hear me talk, I want them to see you and your goodness. I want them to see the good news of Jesus Christ through the way that I live my life, through the peace that's on me, through the joy and the contentment Lord, when people see me, I want them to crave you. So continue to purify me through your fire, through your holy fire. Just, just purify me, Lord. Purify me. I thank you that you drive out every iniquity, that you drive out every infirmity, that you drive out every sickness and every disease. All those things that are not of you, that same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is in me through the Holy Spirit, driving out everything that doesn't belong, everything that's not of you. Not only that, but it's bringing life to this mortal body. Lord, I look forward to my glorified body, but in the meantime, I'm going to call upon the Holy Spirit to bring life to my mortal body every day that I live here. Every day that I live here, Holy Spirit, bring life to this mortal body. I'm not going to prevent you from doing so. I know that's your desire and what you want to do. 
So bring life to our mortal bodies right now in this moment. Bring life, bring energy, bring correction to those things that are broken. Restore us through the Holy Spirit. Man, that was good, wasn't it? Help us get God's word out to everyone who needs it by partnering with us financially. Your generous giving is what enables us to make a difference for the kingdom of God. Visit nolimits.fyi to give securely online. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a message. And thanks again for listening. Now let's go make a difference.